on today's episode of Must Rewatch TV. I grab my Jansport backpack and Trapper Keeper and head to class, but Miss Bliss is not my teacher. As an elder millennial and a name like Zach, three things were certain for your host when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s. I would like to build Lego sets like a maniac, kick around the ball sack, and emulate Zach Morris. It's an episode filled with wonderful nostalgia and teachable moments from one of my favorite early shows, Saved by the Bell. Which episode got the call, you ask? I could have chosen the famous Jesse episode or Zach and Kelly dancing under the stars at the prom, but the history teacher and me wanted to go with one I always remembered admiring, the fabulous Belding Boys, where Zach and the gang plan a school trip to go whitewater rafting, but put their faith in the wrong Belding, and sometimes learn that what you perceive as boring is exactly what you need. So, save a spot by the bubbler and join the rewatch. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Must Rewatch TV. I'm your host, Zach. All right, welcome back, everybody. And we got a great show for you today because we're going to be going back to the 1990s. But I wanted to watch something. I wanted to rewatch a show that was a quintessential 90s television show, a show that taught you something, a show that tried to make you be a better human being in some capacity. But as an individual myself who grew up in the 1980s and came of age, honestly, in the 1990s, I wanted to go back and watch a show that made me feel good. I wanted to go back and watch a show that I remember not really being able to really ever get enough of. And this is a show that I never watched it live. I watched it constantly as reruns after school or on the weekends or during the summers. I wanted to watch a show that just provided me with an amazing sense of nostalgia, which is why for this week, I wanted to go back and watch Saved by the Bell. And I'm sure all those fans of you out there can almost just start singing the song as I say Saved by the Bell. It is that good good of a show. It is that popular of a show. And I even really enjoyed the revival that they made a couple years ago. Honestly, just any opportunity to be able to see Jesse Spano, you know, AC Slater, Zach Morris, Kelly Kapowski, Lisa Turtle, being able to see them even in a revival where they are not the center point was, it was wonderful. After all the episodes that I've watched, I sat down on my couch the other day and I was like, what show am I going to do next? I have so many different things that I want to watch and I'm excited to kind of rewatch and really dive into certain episodes. But I had to take a step back and, and look at that moment at my Funko Pop collection. And just there, there he was, Zach Morris with his old school cell phone, just calling to me saying, watch me <laughs> explore the world of Saved by the Bell again. And again, I have not watched an episode of Saved by the Bell series in probably 20 something years. It's been a very, very, very long time. So I, while I remember the show and I watched it religiously and I've seen every single episode, 
yeah, this, it was slightly a little bit more of a learning curve to go back. Now I knew all the characters. I knew the plots. I knew exactly what happened, but honestly, and that kind of brings up one of the points of, in many ways, the episode that I've chosen for today, which I'll get into in a couple moments. I've always had one specific episode always in my mind when I think about Saved by the Bell. As I said, it is about teaching messages. It is about learning that, that you can win, you can lose, and that bad things can happen and that you can bounce back. This is a show that introduced me to all of these types of themes. You know, it introduced me to young love and heartbreak. I just, it always tried to teach you to be a good and decent human being. You're not going to be perfect. You will mess up and that's okay. It's what we do after that that makes us be a better person. And so the episode that I'll be talking about is one of those episodes that had that teachable moment at the end. And I was excited to go back and kind of watch an American sitcom based in 1990 that taught me something. It also made some ridiculous commentary. It was funny at certain points and it had everything that I love about Saved by the Bell in and of itself, the friendships, relationships, school, hijinks. It was all incredibly interesting. And so I thought that this was the best opportunity and the best moment for me to go and rewatch an episode of Saved by the Bell, re-immerse myself in that world of Bayside High School and to really fall in love once again or have what can only be described as a wonderful reunion with characters and actors who I grew up watching and absolutely and utterly loved. And so far on this podcast, 1990 is the oldest series that I have chosen to pick an episode from and rewatch. And I could not have chosen a better show and episode to really immerse myself in early 1990s and late 1980s kind of vibe. It definitely reminded me of being, I believe, in elementary school and middle school at the time. The, the clothing, the aesthetic, the dialogue, everything about it just, just screamed what I remember and what I love most about this time frame. You know, while I was always a huge Zach Morris fan, as I kind of said in the intro, as an individual with the name Zach, I mean, it kind of became a rite of passage that I that I had to like Zach Morris, as well as be Zach Zach, a Legomaniac, or kick around that ball Zach. I mean, let's be honest. I had a birthday party right around the exact same time that the ball Zach came out. And yes, I received like seven of them on the birthday party. One of the things that it also reminded me of was how much I enjoyed playing the game MASH back in the early 1990s. For those of you out there that are elder millennials like myself, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say the game MASH, because it's one of those games where you go around a wheel in many ways or a square, picking whether or not you're going to live in a mansion, who you're going to fall in love with or marry, what you're going to do for work. It's all that kind of ridiculousness that kids play. But let me just say this, with Saved by the Bell being a hot ticket show around the exact same time that I was coming of age, you better believe it that Tiffany Amber Thiessen was a name that was always on that, but it wasn't her actual name. It was always Kelly and Kelly always referred to Tiffany Amber Thiessen because of how much I loved this show and how much I loved her on that show. She was, other than Zach Morris, my favorite character. As I said, one of the reasons why I wanted to select the show anyway was this sense of nostalgia. Everything about this show is just absolute nostalgia. Even the characters themselves and even the kind of cool cell phone that Zach Morris had or just his being cool or sarcastic. I wanted to be like that. It sure as hell made school look cool, especially high school. 
that was the kind of high school I wanted to go to. And guess what, everybody? And I think you can all agree with me. Nobody went to that high school. High school was never that cool. But Saved by the Bell, at least, it always made it fun. So I wanted to go back to that particular feeling in watching it uh, this week. And let me just say, as I turned on the show and I was listening to the music itself, oh my God, was I transported back. It was like a reunion with old friends. And again, and like all good reunions, you don't get stuck in the small details. It's about celebrating our time together after so long. That's how I felt watching this episode. All right, so let's get into some of the little details about the show itself. Saved by the Bell is an American sitcom created Sam Bobrick for NBC. It premiered on August 20th, 1989, and it ran till May 22nd, 1993. It is actually a continuation of a show that had aired a year earlier on the Disney Channel called Good Morning, Miss Bliss. And I remember Good Morning, Miss Bliss. I actually really enjoyed that show. Again, I never watched any of these shows live, and I was too young to have probably watched it when it actually aired, and instead, I always watched it as it was on reruns or after school, especially during the summers. It seemed that Saved by the Bell was constantly running all of its series throughout all of the 1990s. But the interesting thing, again, while Good Morning Miss Bliss was really not that successful, they eventually kind of repackaged it into what would become Saved by the Bell, focusing on a fictional high school called Bayside High School in Los Angeles. It's primarily a lighthearted comedy show, of course, with ridiculousness that will take place, but it does really tell tackle some impressive and important social issues, things like drug use, driving under the influence, homelessness, you know, even divorce and remarriage, death, women's rights, environmental issue. Even in the episode that I'm kind of focusing on today, kind of mentor relationships and putting your trust in individuals who constantly let you down or not even seeing, you know, the good individual who's in front of you because you're kind of well excited about the new shiny thing, the individual who's there and is very flashy, very exciting. And so it was as a, as a show, as a sitcom could have some really ridiculous humor in some really funny moments, but it also oftentimes, like a lot of American sitcoms in the early 1990s and really the late 80s, they often tried to teach you some sort of a message at the end. They wanted you to take something away from the situations that these characters are in. Again, I love Zach Morris, Mark Paul Gossler, but he also really fucks up a lot and he does really stupid things and he can be really mean to people. But oftentimes by the end of the episode, he is recognized the mistakes of his way. What he had done was wrong, and often he apologizes for it and he learns from it. And as a child watching this show, I learned from those mistakes as well. So whether it's Jesse Spano and her utilization of caffeine pills, and it, which is kind of a stand-in for drug use, you are learning, you know, to say no to drug. These types of things were very, very, very prevalent in terms of television series in the time frame by which I was growing up. This is a series that is ranked 7.1 on IMDb, so a very classic television show that has a solid rating that if you watched it and you loved it, then you're never going to speak ill of it. Again, the plot of the show is this, a close-knit group of six friends get through their teens together while attending Bayside High School, and as I said before, it ran from August 1989 to May of 1993 in a total of 86 episodes, not counting specials, or spinoffs. 
So while the original series eventually spawned two spin-off series called Saved by the Bell, The College Years, as well as Saved by the Bell, The New Class, and also a couple kind of two made-for-TV movies, I guess you could say, which were Saved by the Bell, Hawaiian Style in 1992, and Saved by the Bell, Wedding in Las Vegas in 1994, I will always love the original Saved by the Bell. But the characters on the show are fantastic. What I do like about the entire series of, say, Saved by the Bell is that it did a really good job with character development. Some characters will always be better than others. Again, I will always be a fan of Zach Morris. But they all had their moments by which they had great dialogue, great lines. They had kind of an opportunity to shine in a specific episode. They were all really, really, really fantastic. And I think of them with the nostalgia that makes the entire series quite work, even at that time and as I go into this rewatch itself. For Zach Morris, obviously, this is going to be a character played by Mark Paul Gossler. Again, Zach is the most popular kid at Bayside. He's the one always getting into trouble. A.C. Slater, played by Mario Lopez, he was more of the jock character. Again, he was the new student that was coming into the school. That led to some of the kind of back and forth and kind of antagonism, rivalry between Zach and A.C., especially Especially as it was related to Kelly Kapowski, played by Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Obviously, Jesse Spano was played by Elizabeth Berkeley. She's very environmentally conscious, women's rights. We have Lisa Turtle as well, played by Lark Voorhees. Again, she was the character that was far more into fashion. And we also have Screech Powers, played by Dustin Diamond, who is, again, I would argue Zach's best friend, but was always the butt of every joke as the series went on. And definitely in today's episode as well, was always the one kind of being picked on and made fun of the most. Not something that has aged quite well in watching this show. And of course, Dennis Haskins, who played Richard Belding, the principal of the school. I always liked his interactions between not only all the students, but especially, you know, Zach, AC, Screech, Lisa, Jesse, and Kelly. So as you can probably imagine, Saved by the Bell is a very dated show by this point. Again, just watching it, the kind of quality of the video, as well as, again, the aesthetic and the style of the entire episode or series in and of itself. Again, it has been, I, sometimes I can't even get over it, 30 years since this series aired. But that ultimately adds to the allure. It adds to the kind of excitement for watching this particular type of show. And a show like Saved by the Bell isn't necessarily a form of escapism as much as it is a source of nostalgia. I think about good times and it's interesting to see the show in a, with an adult eyes or even see an episode that I rewatched that I'm talking about today that I hadn't really necessarily considered through adult eyes, only through the eyes of my youth. And so it really was a fascinating rewatch and say by the bell, it's it, honestly, it has never really tarnished. It, it is always kind of stayed in a very kind of safe and comfortable place within my heart. And so it was quite wonderful to be able to take this opportunity and get to see the entire gang in some of the most important places I remember them being in, whether it be Zach's bedroom or the Max or Belding's office or the classroom itself. It seemed that this episode really had them in all these major places and it allowed for each and every character to have a really solid moment, really just have great presence in this episode. So it really did far more than I even remember it did. The reason that I had picked the episode to rewatch for today was because it was the one that always just stayed with me. It was it had a teachable moment that I've never let go of. And so while that might have brought me in, the storyline, the acting, the reunion with these characters is what kept me there. And it just showed me that, yeah, I wasn't wrong that this show really had a great moment in time. 
All right, so I could go on and on about what this show meant to me. I could talk about Zach's utilization of the timeout. I could even make some really good connections to the two-season revival that Peacock did, and I, I really enjoyed that. But I really want to get into the episode that I rewatched for today. So let's go over some of the technical details. So the episode that I watched for today was titled The Fabulous Belding Boys. It aired on December 8th, 1990. It was written by Peter Engel as well as Tom Tenowich. It was directed by Don Barnhart. The episode itself ran for just around 22 minutes. And again, it was a it was a lean 22 minutes. It was a quick watch. It isn't one of the most highest rated episodes, but it sure as hell is in the top quarter probably. It comes in at 7.8 on IMDb. And so here is the plot of the episode that I watched for today titled The Fabulous Belding Boys. The gang find themselves in trouble when an obnoxious teacher bans them from the class field trip unless they pass a test. On the day of the test, the teacher does not show up, so Mr. Belding's brother, Rod, takes over and offers to take the class on a special field trip. He happens to sweet-talk the kids, tells them what a free-spirited life he lives. He even just gives them an A, just so that there will be a field trip. He acts as their friend, and it makes him very popular with the kids. However, when Zack accuses Mr. Belding of harboring jealousy towards his brother, he regrets it when he sees Rod for who he really is. Now, that is a really good description of this episode, and I do like the interactions between Mr. Belding and his brother Rod, as well as how the kids see that interaction and then really start to, in many ways, see Mr. Belding in a more negative light because of how awesome they perceive his brother Rod to be, who is incredibly different than who their history teacher was, Mr. Dickerson. And as I'll talk about during these episodes, made it his life goal so that students could not pass his test. So when Rod comes in, he's kind of like, hey, I'm going to do these things differently. The teacher's not here. Hey, Tess, fuck the test. I'm just giving you what you think you deserve. Do you think you deserve an A? You're getting an A. Yeah, of course. If I was in high school, I would see that as pretty fucking awesome as well. I don't have to do the work, but I can get the grade. With this being saved by the bell, the underlining message is something so much more. Clearly, children watching this show always want the new shiny thing. As children, we move from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And the episode recognizes that. It leans into that to show that this new thing, though, uh-uh. Uh-uh, might not always be what you really want or what you really need. And so I love that this episode is really teaching you that Mr. Belding is exactly the type of principal that they absolutely and utterly need. They do not need someone just giving them A's and letting them get away with anything. So some of you out there, especially those of you who are Saved by the Bell fans in any capacity, might be saying, why is this the episode that you chose? Why not Jesse's song? Again, that's the famous one where Jesse starts singing because she's high on caffeine pills. Or the one about Zach and Kelly who are dancing outside under the stars at prom. Or countless other episodes that are really kind of even better ranked or much more nostalgically prominent in our kind of pop culture history. I've chosen an episode that ultimately puts the dynamic of Zach and Belding at the center. It is that kind of mentor-student relationship that I remember so vividly from Saved by the Bell. It's really after this episode that Zach and Belding do change their relationship slightly. Zach will always try to get Belding. He will always try to do things that make their relationship difficult. But he's just a kid being a kid in many ways. But after this, there is a slight change to that because of how he starts to see Belding as this authority figure who really has all of their best interest at heart. 
as I've said in a couple episodes before, I am a college professor. I have a PhD. I teach history. And so I did find that this episode was fascinating, at least in the sense that they are all scared to one, pass their history exam, and that their teacher who teaches history is a sadistic monster. And so this episode had me rolling, at least in terms of just how bad this teacher was. And then how that when they bring Rod in, it was all personality, no pedagogy. Do you want to have a mixture of both? You want to be a good person. You want to inspire your students. You want to have a good presence and a good personality, but you also got to have the education and the educational goals to back it up. Ultimately, yeah, Rod doesn't have that. And so neither of these teachers uh, are really good. Belding as a principal, he is. And so I enjoy that dynamic in this episode. And while all the other episodes that I've at least mentioned, this is the one that when I, when, when I close my eyes and I think of Saved by the Bell, for some reason, this is constantly an all always the episode that comes to my mind. All right, everybody, let's get into it now. Let's take this episode scene by scene, get into some of the kind of cool aspects of it, what I really like about this episode and what Zach Morris is doing. So I love how this episode starts, of course, with the opening sequence and theme song. I mean, does it really get any better than this? We have the intro of the entire cast. The graphics are so late 1980s, early 1990s. I mean, the vibe is just pitch perfect. But then we get into our first real scene. We see the hall of the school. We see a posters talking about the kind of annual class trip that there's going to be a committee meeting member meeting today in Mr. Belding's office. I always like that about all TV shows that focus on school. It always feels like there's no one else in the school except the, the characters that you're following. It's like Bob's Burgers, as I've talked about before, you know, Fron or anything that's going on. It always involves the three children. They're not even the same age. Why are they always doing everything together in every school program. I love that. And Saved by the Bell is honestly no real difference, even if at least all the characters that we're focusing on are the same age. And so, of course, the first of our main characters that we see is Zach Morris. And so he's walking in the hall. There's a girl with a course like the kind of late 1980s hat <laughs> running in the hall. He kind of checks her out. I mean, he exudes a bravado, a confidence as he eventually walks into the classroom. I mean, I love his jeans. He's got the shirt. He's got the bleach blonde hair. Again, he I love that he immediately breaks the fourth wall. Again, this is something he do, does throughout the entire series. And it did have me thinking in the rewatch, if this was the very first show that I had ever watched in my life in which there is the breaking of the fourth wall, which Zach Morris does all the time. It most likely was. And, I, and probably the reason that I have always enjoyed when characters do that. So I love that he kind comes into the classroom. He says that this is the worst class that he ever takes. And it's, of course, a history class. He says how it's a nightmare, how mean his teacher, Mr. Dickerson is, how he is more horrible than zits on a first date. Again, then we get the laugh track. The laugh track is heavily used throughout the entire Saved by the Bell series and definitely in this episode or the ooh, ah button as well, especially when it's anything romance or anything between Slater and Jesse or Zach and Kelly. And so Zach looks pretty horrified in this moment. And then the bell rings and it's time for Zach to take his seat. All right, so once Zach takes his seat, Mr. Dickerson walks in right after him. He says, good morning. And the teacher, I love the fact that he just yells at him immediately. And he's like, stop sucking up to me. It won't work. I mean, this guy is such a 
dick. It even makes Zach kind of have like a little bit of a frown. It's like the kid just said good morning to you. I mean, you are a fucking terrible teacher. So the teacher eventually tells them that the next day is going to be their history midterm. But I love that he holds up three fingers and he, he looks at his three fingers smirkingly and tells him that he has not had a one student pass his history midterm in three years. And he is so proud of that. I mean, you are proud of the fact that you make an exam so difficult that no one can pass it. Again, go back to what I just said a moment ago. You suck. Then we see Jesse telling him that this grade is very important to her. Zach even cuts in at that time, asks that if they can maybe even review the exam as part of the class so they can kind of go over what might be in it. So I love that, it, that we start to see our entire main cast sitting right next to each other. We have Jesse sitting in the front row. Kelly is right behind her. Zach is behind Kelly. We have Slater sitting to the right of Kelly, Screech to the left of Jesse, and Lisa to the left of Kelly. All of them are right there. They get the perfect clothing. The style just screams that time period. And so then eventually Mr. Dickerson starts throwing out quiz questions. You know, he's not quizzing them, but it's part of a review, I guess you could say. Kind of asks Screech at one point. He's like, who shot Lincoln? And he gets right in his face at one point. So he is starting the review, but he is getting right in Screech's face. And he freaks him out. And Screech just says, hey, it wasn't me. And so everybody laughs. And Slater is even getting up. And he's giving the right answer. Um, we see Kelly answering questions. Lisa's answering. Jesse's answering. So they're throwing out really good answers as part of this review. He even says, who succeeded Lincoln? And kind of Kelly says, Johnson and Zach jokingly says Magic Johnson and everybody laughs and Kelly smirks and the teacher eventually says laugh now loser none of this is on the test and he starts laughing what a piece of shit you're asking questions in part of a review that are not going to be on the exam and you are calling students losers again go back to exhibit A this guy's a dick so it's at this point then eventually that Mr. Belden cuts in with the morning announcements on the intercom I love how the t how Dickerson yells at the intercom and eventually throws a chalkboard eraser at it and says, stop interrupting class. But what I love is that the actor throws the eraser, it hits the intercom and it bounces back and he catches it. And of course, Belding is asking for the class trip representatives to come to his office immediately so they can talk about the class trip because that's what this episode is focusing on. The class representatives get up. The only ones out of our main group that are not part of the class trip representatives is just Screech and Slater. So Lisa, Kelly, Jesse, Zach, they eventually make their way to Belding's office. But before leaving, Zach will even go up to Dickerson and say, hey, listen, I don't want to miss the review, but this class, this class trip is like the biggest deal of the school year. So I love that Zach is looking happy as he walks to the door. But just as he's getting to the door, the teacher says, the only trip this class will take to, is to summer school. And then he laughs and is yet again, more of his sadistic and monstrous laugh. This exam that they have the next day is very important to whether or not they can actually go on their school trip. So then the music that kind of ramps up after this point segues into Belding's office where they're going to talk about the class trip. And here we see Zach, Lisa, Kelly, as well as Jesse. And we see Zach and Kelly are the only ones actually sitting while Lisa and Jesse are standing over near the windows. Belding is at his desk. And so Belding is going to start to look for some ideas. And so the students start throwing out ideas. One student says, hey, let's go to the Hershey Chocolate Factory, which of course we get some kind of shaming going on by Zach Morris. Again, I said I like the guy, but he's not nice. And this is still the 1990s and it's throwing out some eh, inappropriate comedy. So Lisa will suggest a cruise to Hawaii where Belding is like, we definitely don't have enough money for that. So Zach being Zach suggests that they just send him to 
Hawaii instead. Jesse suggests they do something significant, like picket a power plant, where Zach obviously says, why don't you save that for your honeymoon? Again, we go back and forth, back and forth. They all start to yell at each other again. Even Zach at one point suggesting that they send him to Vegas so he can study the Roman Empire at Caesar's Palace. Again, Zach will be Zach. But Belding, by the end of this meeting, is saying, all right, Listen, if none of you are able to agree on what you want to do, then I, Mr. Belding, will choose the class trip for you. But in the meantime, you better hit those books and you better pass those midterms or there will be no class trip for you. And so we'll eventually see the next scene segues to Zach's house. They're going to be in his bedroom. They'll be studying for their midterm exam the next day. I love that Slater is sitting on the floor near Jesse, who is on a beanbag chair. Totally had that same beanbag chair when I was a kid. I love that Kelly is sitting on a chair next to the Magic Johnson poster. Of course, her chair is backwards because if you're going to sit in a chair. You got to sit in a chair the cool way. And Kelly Kapowski is only the coolest person in that room. And so we got Zach and Screech and Lisa are sitting on the bed. Again, as I said, they are studying and we see them asking questions to one another. Of course, they're getting into some serious World War One history questions. And even Kelly is impressed with Zach at one point because he's getting some of the questions right. And this is a guy that doesn't study. And we see them kind of having some really good banter back and forth as well. And while Kelly is very impressed with Zach, Slater's throwing out that he even heard that Dickerson flunked his own kid last year. But I love that as Kelly is telling Zach how impressed she is, he's like, hey, who knew that the only thing that I needed to motivate me was going on a school trip? And he goes, study the material and Dickerson will not be able to stop us from going. And Kelly's like, you know what? Zach's right. And I love how this now segues into what I can only call as a 90s comedic scene because we're still in Zach's room. Everyone is still there. And now Dickerson's face starts to pop up in all the most random places. But of course, it's talking to them. So like Zach is looking at his textbook and then in one of the pages instead of an image of say a historical figure it's Dickerson's face and he's telling him hey you'll never pass the test Zachy Zach immediately closes the book then it eventually cuts to Kelly who's reading and she eventually as I said before is right next to Zach's Magic Johnson poster on his door and all you see is that it's no longer Magic Johnson's head it's now Mr. Dickerson so Kelly now sitting there hears something say psst and she looks to her right and she sees now Mr. Dickerson's head on Magic Johnson's body and he just starts bad-mouthing her. He's even like, your looks won't get you through this one, cheerleader. And so she looks really disgusted and just turns away. And then the scene cuts to Jesse and Slater. They're looking at the exact same book and they both equally see Dickerson's face in one of the pages and he starts to sing songy. He's like, F, 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 you're both getting an F. So I loved how both Jesse and Slater both look at each other and immediately shut their book. Everybody is pretty much now seeing Dickerson's face in some capacity. And so Lisa at this point suggests watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And so when Jesse goes to turn on the TV, it's now Dickerson near a chalkboard rapping. Yeah, 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 you just heard me right. They turn on the television and Dickerson is now on it and he is rapping, you know, you think you're smart, you think you're hip, put your books away because there's no class trip. I mean, it's absolutely and utterly insane. It's foolish. It's ridiculous. Perfect 90s, if you ask me. So Jesse immediately shuts off the TV and they all look at each other pretty creeped out. 
And so the next scene, it's now the next day. It is exam time, everybody. We see Jesse Spano first. She's holding her exam booklet. And we have Slater sitting on his desk. We have Zach walking back and forth in the front of class, frantically looking at his watch. Here is where we discover that actually at this moment, Dickerson is five minutes late. The bell has already rang. And Zach wants to know where he is so that they can take the test. No one wants to take this test, but you've been studying overnight. So let me play this clip of Zach coming up with his, what we could only call at that moment, the five minute rule. It's been almost five minutes since the bell rang. Where do you think Dickerson is? Gee, I hope nothing happened to him. <laughs> All right, look everybody, if Dickerson's not here in 30 seconds, I'm invoking the five minute rule. What's the five minute rule? Well, if the teacher doesn't show up within five minutes of the bell, everyone is free to leave. <laughs> I never heard of that rule. All right, now there's 10 seconds left. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Five minute rule, eh, Morris? How'd you know? Just made it up. <laughs> Class, Mr. Dickerson will not be here today. Oh, yeah! yeah! Gee, that's too bad. What happened? Well, he came into the teacher's lounge and gave everybody an F. I knew he needed a rest when he sent me to detention. <laughs> Does that mean we don't have to take his midterm? Yeah! Whoa! Whoa! No. Test will be given by our substitute teacher, Mr. Belding. <laughs> I think you're losing it, sir. You're Mr. Belding. This is also Mr. Belding. This is my brother, Rod Belding. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, he's right. I'm his brother. I'll take over from here, Richie. It's Richard Rodney. <laughs> can't believe it. Two buildings in one school. Wow. A building with two buildings, one of whom is balding. So this scene does create the question whether or not Zach Morris is the first person in history that uses the concept of the five minute rule. I know that we used it in college. If the faculty member and the professor was not there, it was like, I'm hightailing it the hell out of here. Again, did Zach Morris create that? Was that around before the early 1990s? Huge questions that cannot be answered right now. But I love the fact that Zach is throwing out the idea and then eventually they count down and they try to leave, but Belding comes in. Dickerson, yeah, he lost his shit. He's not coming in. I guess he's out for for a very long time because he's going to bring his brother in Rod and Rod is going to be their substitute teacher and Rod is going to be very different than Mr. Belding. This is the point by which we see some of the dynamics coming about. We had good interactions between Mr. Belding and Zach. We see even interactions between the students at this point, whether it's like laughing or cameras cutting to Zach and Kelly. And we see the kind of introduction of Rod Belding and even how he wants to be called Rod and he's calling Mr. Belding Richie and that's pissing him off. We're setting the stage that Dickerson's gone. The mid term. Is it going to be important? Clearly, Mr. Belding is saying it's still going to be important, but you have a substitute teacher giving it. That could go in any direction, but we just know Dickerson isn't here. A lot of things are in question, especially about the class trip. And so the scene ends again with that wonderful screech line about, wow, a building with two Beldings, one of whom is balding. Two Beldings in the school, but they're going to be very different, and one is going to rise to the top for this student body. So as the scene comes back, we're now going to see Rod passing out the exams. He's like, hey, just so there's no confusion, call me Rod. So he tells them that he heard that, that if they don't pass the exam, that they're not going to be able to go on this class trip. And so Zach responds and says, hey, hey, listen, that is just an ugly rumor. And then Rod says, well, I don't want to be part of any ugly rumor. So instead of taking history, 
Let's make history. Pick up your test and do what I do. Rod has what I can only describe as a dead poet society type of moment. And again, I would rather have had, say, Robin Williams in this moment, but I'll do with Rod. Rod picks up the exam, he holds it in the air, and he tears it up. And so all the students do the exact same. In that moment, again, even the camera cuts to Zach at this moment, and he looks at us, again, breaking the fourth wall once again, and is just like, I love this guy. Of course they do. He just had you tear up your history exam. The class trip, it's definitely going to take place because you're all going to get a good grade because there is no history exam. I wonder how Mr. Dickerson is going to feel when he comes back and he finds out that in three years, he has never had a student pass this exam. And now, well, everybody passed. And so eventually in the next scene, we come back, but we're still in the classroom. Rod is, of course, no jacket on this time. And he's now pretty much laying on the desk. You know, Jesse is asking him a question at this point. Is like, hey, Mr. Belding. And then he's like, hey, call me Rod. And so she's like, okay, I'm Rod. What about our grades on our midterm? I, I have to get an A on this. He says, okay, you get an A. And then Zach cuts in and he's like, I'll have an A also, Rod. The students are starting to be a little bit weirded out. Like, all I have to do is ask for an A and I get an A. And even Kelly starts to say, so are you going to give us whatever grade we want? He responds, no, I'm going to give you whatever grade you think you deserve. I mean, is this something that I should try as a, as a professor? Should I just be like, hey, everybody, just let me know what grade you think you deserve. And that's the grade you're going to get. Maybe not. So I do love that as Rod explains to Kelly and the rest of the class that they will get whatever grade they think they deserve. Kelly responds that I'll take an A. And then she even continues to go further. I thought when I kissed Zach that that was the happiest moment of my life. But every single person laughs and even Lisa takes the A. Slater cuts in. He says just like, Rod, now this is on the level. I mean, you're for real. And Rod responds, I believe that student teacher relationships should be based on trust. Now, what do you think you deserve? And Slater is literally like, trust me, sir. Definitely an A. Then, of course, Screech is going to be the one outlier who at first thinks that he wants a C plus. Everybody will eventually smack him with their books in his head the second time that they will have done this in this episode. They're all rolling their eyes at him, especially Lisa. Even Zach is just like, my lips say that you're brain dead if you take a C plus. He eventually says he settles on a B minus, and once again, they hit him with their books. After that scene, it cuts back to this classroom again. Again, he's looking even more casual now. Rod, that is. He's trying to act pretty cool. He's even talking the students about learning, but talking far more about his kind of adventures. And this is a guy that is clearly all surface level stuff. There is no substance whatsoever to Rod Belding. He is just teaching with personality. Again, there's no pedagogy. It's, it's it, While that is imperative, he's not providing it, but everybody is just impressed with him. Rod even kind of explains the life of being a substitute teacher, how perfect it is. He is winning them over by his carefree, no work at attitude. But I love that uh, Belding will eventually walk in the room and he's kind of walks in with some authority and he's like, kind of like, what the hell is going on? And Rod is just like, hey, Richie. And he's kind of playfully talking to him as well as hitting him in the belly with, say, his paper airplane that he had. And even Zach is kind of chiming in saying that Rod Belding is the best teacher that he has ever had. Again, that goes back to one of the earlier things that I had said. It's the new shiny thing. They don't recognize how real bad of an educator this individual is. They just like the fact that he's not making them do any work. So what are they actually learning? 
But of course, you know, even as they're going back and forth in the conversation, Screech is throwing out some kind of rude comments. He's like, he can't even believe that they're even related or even alike. And so Belding kind of just scoffs as Screech kind of says these things. But Belding is really there because he wants to give a big announcement. Sure, he's probably checking on his brother Rod, making sure that he's doing a good job. And so Belding is wanting to announce at this point the class trip. And so he is very excited to announce that they are going to be going and camping under the stars at Yosemite National Park. So the students all themselves seem genuinely excited. Even Kelly is very gleeful. She's clapping. Slater is like, yeah, that could be good. Even Rod kind of gives him a thumbs up. And Belding, he looks really happy in that moment as he walks out of the room. But almost as soon as he walks out of the room, Rod immediately cuts him down. Rod tells the class that he goes, hey, you guys are really brave. And they're like, well, what do you what do you mean? And he's like, hey, you know, when I was 12, we camped out on our front lawn and he even got lost. I mean, that is so fucking mean. It wasn't even five minutes that he had just made his students really excited that Rod, once Belding left, cut him down. The episode eventually cuts to the next scene, which is in Belding's office, so the principal's office, but Mr. Belding isn't there. Instead, we have Zack, Screech, and Rod sitting there watching a Dodgers game. I mean, Mr. Belding isn't even there, and we have Rod has made such a connection to the students now that he is literally taking over his brother's office and allowing them to bring chips and dip into the office and watching watching a baseball game. We literally see them cheering, they're clapping hands, they're just loving this. They even mention it. They're a little nervous that Mr. Belding is going to catch them, but Rod makes some jokes that, hey, listen, he's at a school committee meeting, but don't worry, he's a Giants fan anyway. We have Zach even sitting in Mr. Mr. Belding's chair. He's drinking a Coke. He tells Rod that, hey, man, you're the best teacher. Tells him that he isn't really even like a teacher. He's like one of the guys. Then Zach being Zach even says, hey, listen, watch this. And he takes their intercom mic and he makes an announcement. He's like, well, all the prettiest girls in school, please report to the principal's office immediately for some chips and dip. And again, even Screech starts to get a little nervous, but he's like, hey, listen, I didn't even press the button. Don't worry. He's just playing around. So Screech then eventually gets up and he's like, oh, you like that? Then then I'll let me show you this. And he goes to pretend to do a Mr. Belding impression, and then he pretty much just falls and does some physical comedy. Then Rod, though, starts to kind of pivot the conversation. He starts to ask them about the, uh, the class trip. Are they excited about it? And even Zach starts to reply that they, he's really excited. He just wants to cuddle with Kelly under the stars and around a campfire. Again, I love his mannerisms as he's kind of telling Rod this, but also how Rod is going to start to put kind of like he's an inception point into Zach's brain because he starts to talk about his own class trip. And that's what Rod really wants to talk about. He loves talking about himself. And Rod talks about how his class trip that he took was like game changer and that they had gone white water rafting. And Zach looks pretty much like in shock right now. He goes, that's something that I've always wanted to do. And Rod's like, oh, there's nothing like it. You know, shooting the rapids, taking risks, pushing yourself to the limit. Zach just keeps looking at him and is just like, whoa, I never thought about that. I'd give anything to go white water rafting. And Rod's like, I can't blame you. He goes, it is like the greatest thing in the entire world. And again, Rod, you literally just gave him that idea. So of course you're going to understand that this impressionable kid is now going to want to do something that who he sees as cool says that's the cool thing to do, that you should be adventurous, that you're going camping, you're looking under the stars, you're going to Yosemite. That doesn't sound fun. You should be going white water rafting. This is where we start to see a, a shift in the episode to how Zach first will start to see the class trip that Mr. Belding has planned. He doesn't really want to do the Mr. Belding camping trip any longer because Rod is like, 
what about whitewater rafting? And so in a, even Rod kind of continues like, hey, you got to grab life. What are you going to do all day at Yosemite? Walk around the trees and chase squirrels? Zach is like, Mr. Belding's never going to take us rafting. And this is the key moment where Rod says, that building won't, but this building would. And so it's setting up the point by which Rod is saying, I'm the one that you can count on. I will take you whitewater rafting. So while for a good portion of this episode so far, we've spent most of our time at Bayside, we're now going to be at the max, and we're going to be seeing our core group sitting in their most famous booth, and they're going to be talking about whitewater rafting. And so this scene is going to be important, and I'll play a clip for you, because what they're essentially doing is we are seeing Zach start to commit to getting all of his friends to agree that they need to go to Belding and tell him they no longer want to do his trip, and instead want to do a whitewater rafting trip that he's not going to be the one going on, but instead that his brother Rod will take them on. Whitewater rafting? Yeah. I mean, it'll be a trip we'll never forget, Jesse. Hey, I've done it, Mama. Let me tell you, it's the greatest thrill you've ever had. Hey, well, except for dating me, of course. <laughs> oh, please. Should I throw up now or save it for the raft? Well, I'm going to save it for the raft. <laughs> I've heard it's really exciting, like a spike in volleyball. Well, I'm going to do nothing but kick back and look at beautiful scenery. If you want beautiful scenery, baby, wait till you see me in a wet t-shirt. <laughs> if it means you're drowning, count me in. Right. Hey, come on, guys, let's go for it. Sure. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We all agreed to go camping with Mr. Belding. Well, then let's ask him if we can go rafting instead. Yeah. So I do love that scene mainly because one, it's it's at the max, so it's it's great. But we also have some good one-liners with either Slater throwing out again his usual mama comments to Jesse. But I love Jesse because again, Berkeley is probably the most talented actor out of the entire bunch, and her responses are great because she definitely can hold her own. And so it's a good scene, but it does end with them really reflecting on the fact that they don't want to do Belding's trip any longer. Something that they were excited about, now they don't want to do, and they they're all about wanting to do whitewater rafting. And so the next scene cuts to Belding's office and we're starting to see he is actually reading a bunch of booklets on Yosemite. He looks really happy and excited. There's a knock at the door and it's our gang. What we know and what he does not know that is going to try to convince him to not go to Yosemite, but instead go to whitewater rafting. And so when they say, hey, can we talk about the class trip? Belding is really eager to do it. He's like, yeah. He goes, it's going to be great spending time with you guys. Look, I've already got the first two days planned out and he goes over it. He starts starts talking about like, you know, going to the Yosemite Falls, watching a deer come down and drink. And even Kelly at one point is like, oh my God, that's so sweet. I think I'm going to cry. Obviously he has planned out a trip that all of them are going to like. They're just doing things that is perfectly planned for each and every one of them. They're going to love it. He knows them. He understands them. Ultimately what this scene is showing us, and it is a truly kind of sad scene because they are there to let him down that they don't want to do that. They don't even want to go with him. They want to go with his brother. And so, Slater tries to cut in is like, oh, that all sounds great. And Jesse tries to do the same thing, but they all eventually push it to Zach so that he can be the one that can kind of let Belding down. And so he eventually, though, chickens out and eventually gives it to Screech. And so Screech is the one that eventually kind of utters the line, we don't want to go on your boring nature trip. We want to go whitewater rafting, which is brutal. And even watching Lisa's character rolling her eyes and she is just unamused by his absolute bluntness. And even Belding starts to be like, really? Is this true? Do you all feel this way? And they all shake their heads yes. And even Zach cuts in. Well, you see, Mr. B, we only get one big class trip and we want to do something more challenging. And Belding, again, 
for the, he is such a good person. He even says, hey, I understand now, but I don't know anything about rafting. It can be very dangerous. And here's the brutal moment by which Zach cuts in. He goes, don't worry. Your brother's an expert and is offered to take us. And so this is where, even in kind of the rewatch, I get very emotional and very sad for Mr. Belding because he even looks right at Zach. He goes, oh, I see. What you're saying is that you'd like to go with him. And then Slater even cuts in. He goes, it's a great chance to really find out what we're made of. And Zach agrees. And Belding is like, well, of course, I want you to have the best trip ever. And if you all feel this way, and the camera kind of pans to everybody and everybody's looking around and Zach is getting everyone to agree. And Belding looks deeply, deeply sad. But he is so professional. He wants the students to have a good time. He's not going to let them know that they've kind of hurt him. So he's like, yeah, sure. And they all cheer. And so as the students leave the office, Belding is alone at this point. He takes his booklets for Yosemite and he throws them in the trash. And the music just gets really sad. So with the class trip now booked that it's going to be white water rafting and Rod is going to be leading the expedition, the next scene has us with Rod giving a demonstration. We have them in the gym. They are on a large uh, white water raft, I guess you could say. Our main crew, our main cast is in the raft. We have Zach next to Kelly, Jesse next to Slater, and Lisa next to Screech in the back. They're playing pretend at this point, pretending that they can see deer and trees. And so there's back and forth between, say, Zach and Kelly and Lisa at one point. Even throws Screech off because he's making ridiculous comments. Slater and Jesse going back and forth with their kind of flirtation. And he's even saying, you know, hey, I'm going to give you mouth to mouth. And she's like, don't flatter yourself. And even him responding, that's not what you said Saturday night. And so we get a lot more of the utilization of, say, the laugh track as well as the ooh and ah track. And Rod is demonstrating them to be on the rapids. He is literally you know, lifting up the raft up and down, up and down to pretend that they are hitting some rapids and it's getting really, really rough and they're holding each other. And so next we see Rod asking for Jesse and Kelly to lay on the floor and they're going to do a life-saving demonstration. Not really sure that this is appropriate for school, but hey. And so he has Zach and Slater kind of elevate the chins as in the necks of, say, Kelly and Jesse. And he says for them to kind of give them mouth to mouth. But he doesn't say in that way. He just says, go for it. What I love is that Zach and Slater kind of look at Rod and they look at each other and then they just kind of say, all right, and they're about to go and kiss. Um, Zach's going to go and kiss Kelly. Slater's going to go kiss Jesse. And then Mr. Building walks in and he's like, hey, 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 what is this? And then they eventually kind of jump back and Screech kind of jumps up and he's like, I'm drowning and nobody cares. So Belding is demanding an explanation of why we see two, in many ways, teenagers about to kiss two other teenagers on the floor of the gym. And Rod is like, hey, they're just doing a CP demonstration and Belding is like it looks more like they're going to be making out you are all supposed to be in history class but Rod is kind of being like hey you're being uptight you know we're just trying to get prepared for the class trip Belding is really upset at this point he tells them all to go back to class Zach stays back as they all leave and they're all pretty upset and Zach is just like Mr. Belding don't be mad at Rod he's a great teacher and Belding's like Rod? Like question mark. And again, Zach, is he really a great teacher or is he just great to you because you're on a raft instead of history class and you almost were kissing your girlfriend? Again, this is why this sent the center point of this episode is truly the Zach Belding dynamic. Zach doesn't understand Mr. Belding and why he's being so strict because Zach's a kid and he's a teenager and he, and he, he doesn't want to do all the things that the teachers want him to do. And so Zach responds, yeah, no other teacher has ever cared about us like he cares about us. The Belding eventually looks at Zach and says maybe he should care more about his teaching and less about being popular to which Zach responds one of the most cutting lines of this episode where he says maybe you're just jealous of your own brother boof 
And Belding just looks like it. it. It's a zinger to the heart. It's brutal. He doesn't say anything else. Zach just kind of walks away at that moment. It's a moment by which what is the relationship for Zach and Belding going to be going forward? Zach, in many ways, is putting all his eggs in the stock of, of Rod Belding. And so the music gets really sad at that moment. So this brings us to the final moments of the episode where we are now the day of the class trip and everyone is in the gym and they are ready. We see Zach talking to the camera, telling us, the audience, you know, he finally found a subject that he loves, leaving school. We see some good Slater and Jesse banter with some more ooh and the ah from the laugh track. Again, we see Zach kind of telling Kelly that they're going to have the best week of their lives. No studying, no homework. And she goes, Zach, that is your life. And he's like, yeah, it is. Screech shows up wearing a child floaty tube around his waist, telling them that at least he won't drown this time. Lisa shows up. She has like four bags. She Again, it shows kind of what it's alluding to her high maintenance, I guess. But Kelly eventually asks Zach where Rod is, and Zach is like, hey, I'll go look for him. And so this brings us to what I can only describe as one of the more impactful and powerful moments of the entire episode. This is a huge moment, and it's, and it's the teachable moment, right? So we see Zach. He's walking in the hall. He gets to Belding's office. The lights are very dark in the hall. Once Zach walks to the principal's door, he hears a conversation taking place between Mr. Belding and his brother Rod. And so Zach is listening from the outside of the office while inside the office Rod is sitting down and Belding is standing over him very upset. And so I'm going to play this conversation and this scene for you right here because Mr. Belding just honestly crushes it. He's annoyed at his brother for his selfish actions. His brother put himself before the students, something that he was always worried he was going to do. Ultimately, Zach and all his friends put all their faith in this individual who really doesn't care for them. I cannot believe you're doing this. The class trip leaves in five minutes. These kids are depending on you. Come on, Richie, they'll get over it. They look up to you. What is so important that you would disappoint 30 kids? Richie, if you met this stewardess, you'd know. You're doing this to spend time with some stewardess? It's not just some stewardess. This is Inga, and she's only in town for the weekend. See, I knew. I knew it was a mistake to let you come to my school. You promised me you had changed, but no, you are the same Rod. You get people's hopes up and then you let them down. Richie, she's gorgeous. You should see her. She's a 10. Well, is that what you're going to tell the kids? That you dumped them for some weekend fling? Of course not. Tell them I'm sick. Tell them anything. Cover for me. I'm tired of covering for you. Come on, Richie. Don't be mad. We're brothers. Get out of my school, Rod. Again, I can't stress enough just how impactful of a moment that is in this episode as well as the series for me as a youngster growing up. And for some reason, it's the scene that I always think about when I think of Saved by the Bell. I just can never get it out of my head. Mr. Belding really stood up to his brother, was angry at him for having let down these students. Belding does what is necessary. He kicks him out of the office and there is no grander moment than when he says, get out of my school, Rod. And so I love that it cuts to the gym and everybody is there. Zach obviously is walking back in. And he's clearly upset. Kelly is asking if he's okay. He doesn't want to talk to her about it. Again, he had believed that Rod was this great, amazing individual who could be trusted in the things that he had said to Mr. Belding. So he is clearly at this moment very, very, very upset. Eventually, Mr. Belding comes in. He's like, hey, I'm sorry, everybody, but unfortunately, my brother Rod isn't going to be able to take you on the class trip. And everybody's like, what? Why not? And he goes, well, 
He has the flu. He's very, very sorry to disappoint you all. And you can even see as he's now covering for Rod, Zach is really upset. He kind of rolls his eye. He kind of puts his head down. Belding isn't going to give them a bad feeling about Rod. And so Slater at this moment is like, I guess we're not going to be going anywhere. And everybody is really upset. And even Zach at this point just yells, hey, everybody, I guess it's time to go home. As people are leaving the gym, Belding is like, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Well, now wait a minute. And he goes, look, I... I may not be a great rafting expert like Rod or even as cool a guy, but I'd like to try and take his place. And so I love this kind of pivot moment of the episode. We're seeing that Zach is standing near him and everybody is quite shocked by what Belding is saying. And Zach kind of looks at him and says, you mean you want to take us? And Belding look at it, he goes, yeah, if you don't mind a leader who can't swim too well. And so everybody's like, yeah, let's go rafting. And even Slater's like, let's go rafting, Mr. B. Everybody is happy. Slater shakes his hand. Kelly comes up to him and is like, thank you so much. Gives him a little kiss on the cheek. Jesse even thanks him as well. The day has been saved by Mr. Belding. And I do love the final moments of this episode as everybody has now left the gym. Zach is going to hang back and he's going to ask Mr. Belding why. Why didn't he tell everybody the truth? Mr. Belding, why didn't you tell them the truth? What do you mean? About the stewardess. I heard everything. Oh, you did? Everything. Look, I'm sorry you had to hear that. I know how much Rod meant to you, and I just didn't want to ruin that. Sir, I acted like a jerk. I'm sorry for the things I said to you. I understand, Zach. Rod always was the more exciting building. Maybe. But we got the better building. Such a wonderful and impactful scene. Again, I love how Zach says to him at the very, very end, but we've got the better building. That is a wonderful, wonderful moment. I love the kind of side hug that they have. The music will eventually come in after that because again, that's that's the teachable moment, right? And I love that Zach kind of even admits to acting like a jerk. He's really sorry for the things that he said. That's powerful. Zach realizes that he was wrong. Belding isn't going to hold that over him either. That's a really not, a important thing. And he didn't want to tell the students the truth because he didn't want to hurt them. He's the Belding they need. It's interesting. They allude to it during the entire episode. And even Belding says it. He might not be as cool as Rod. He doesn't have long hair like Rod. He might not be as physically fit as Rod. Ultimately, he has everything that you need from an educator, an individual who you look up to. In that moment right there, just it just tells you everything that you need to know about the dynamic between Belding and Zach, but also why Rod is the wrong person to have been put all your faith in. And so this episode is just classic TV, everyone. It is classic Saved by the Bell. Do you get a little bit of everybody perfectly in this episode as well? The locations are all classic. You get to see all the cool things that made Saved by the Bell as awesome as it always was. Sure, it might not have aged the best in every component, but I'll tell you one thing. In the early 1990s, it tried to be incredibly socially conscious at a time when not all television was taking that chance. And so as a young kid growing up when I was watching this I got it I saw it it could make me laugh cry cheer scream every single time an episode finished 
you were learning some sort of a valuable lesson about life, love, school, work, how you even saw the future. It ultimately just showed life with lessons that can be so important, but also entertaining at the exact same time. And not every episode is going to take on major issues, but a lot of Saved by the Bell episodes did. And Zach might not be the perfect individual, but no one is perfect. That's the point. He really fucked up in this episode. He really insulted and cut down Mr. Belding, who was just trying to help him. In the end, he recognized that he was wrong and he admitted he was wrong. That's what they're trying to teach young kids who are watching this show. Be a better individual. You can make mistakes. That's okay. It's what you do after that point. And that's ultimately what has always made Saved by the Bell successful. That and Kelly Kapowski, but that's a different story. So that wraps up this episode of Must Rewatch TV. And I do hope you enjoyed this discussion of the classic 1989 to 1993 NBC sitcom Saved by the Bell in an episode that I argue is the most impactful and one of my favorites, the fabulous Belding Boys. But as always, I want to hear your thoughts. If you feel so inclined, please leave a comment. You can get in touch with me at mustrewatchtvz at gmail.com or on Instagram at mustrewatchtvz. Let me know what you think about this episode of Saved by the Bell. With so many rewatchable episodes, Saved by the Bell is a true classic, and the ones I could have chosen are numerous. So for those of you who are fans or grew up with this show, does The Fabulous Belding Boys break your top five? Which is your number one? Also, who else had Kelly at the top of their MASH game list for who they would end up marrying? I know I did. Don't forget to show the love and support by subscribing to the podcast and get notified of every new episode as soon as it drops. Join me next time and save me a spot at the bubbler as I rewatch and then discuss some wicked awesome TV.